Yes, thank you, Mira. Yes, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, and in particular, I'm very much looking forward to your questions that you might have. I have about yeah, 15 years of leadership experience, experience in leadership positions. Also, I, I just calculated 24, 25 years of being led. That's almost as important, so you don't add up the two. This is parallel, because usually, even if you lead, you have someone who leads you. Um, so, and also, I've been doing a lot of career advising, or I used to do a lot of career advising to young colleagues or even older colleagues. And I found out that, yeah, lots of, lots of career questions are not about, you know, how do I write a better story, but are about how do I navigate the hierarchy, you know, how do I talk to my boss about certain things. So, um, yeah, actually this is pretty much what this talk will be about, teaching, finding someone to teach you how to write a better story or a better comment, whatever someone else has to do that. Um, I also teach uh, leadership and strategy at TU Munich, which really helps. And actually, I practiced this lecture at my business students at TU Munich the other day, um, because it's actually how to build or building a career in journalism is actually not that much different from building careers in other industries. So, I mean, you are all of, of very different cultural and national backgrounds, so you might have different experiences. I still feel that probably there are lots of similarities about power structures and about getting ahead. Yes, and I, I called it um, many roads to power. Well, there are many roads to power. Whoops, I'm too fast here. Let's see. Let's, let's go back too fast. So what is power anyway? Um, I mean, who of you wants to be editor-in-chief at some point? <laughs> <laughs> you are ready, <laughs> okay. Well, when I asked that, actually, at, at, <laughs> at, my, at my class in Munich, actually, I asked, you know, who of you wants to be CEO? And like every third person raised their hands, and I was really surprised because usually nobody feels like they, they wanted to be uh, high up there. I mean, in, in journalism, we are in the uh, wonderful position that actually to have power or influence, you can call it influence, you don't need to be editor-in-chief. Uh, you can also be a brilliant investigative reporter and, you know, uh, uncover the Panama paper scandal, whatever you have power. You can write stories. You can be very powerful as a journalist um, with your stories, your storytelling. So there are many roads to power, in particular in journalism, much more than in many other professions, and that I feel <laughs> is a real privilege. So, um, yeah, this lecture leaves it a little bit in the open what kind of power we are talking about, and I'll just reflect on both sides of power. The first question, I, I, uh, I put this in, I structured this in three stages of career. The first one, like the beginning stage, then the sort of the second stage when you're sort of mid-level, that's probably what most of you are in. I guess I'll probably don't get around to talking about the last stage that I'm in, sort of. But um, if you're interested, I mean, just approach me because it's just so much material. I've, I've actually 20 questions and uh, 10 lessons, so let's see how far we get. But uh, yeah, you'll, you'll get my thoughts uh, later on in, in written form if you're interested. Um, the first question uh, that many people are asking themselves, and yeah, I've been asking that myself once in a while, is really, do I need a career plan? So who of you has a career plan? Like a real plan? Define a plan. <laughs> like, I want to be editor-in-chief at some point, or I want to be Washington correspondent, or... Uh, yeah, sort of a, Yeah, you yeah, do. I do. Yeah. You do, okay. 
But okay. <laughs> okay. Talk about it later. <laughs> no. Um, well, actually, I, I can I can assure you, you can have a career plan, but it's it's really um, it doesn't matter if you don't have a career plan because sometimes um, yeah, there are so many different opportunities that just open up, and if one is really focused on one certain plan, then sometimes you don't really see what's opening up. So I would encourage you to sort of have a plan. It's it's good to have a plan really and to know where you're headed, but. Just be open and, and look, you know, by the, by the wayside, what, whatever opens up to you. I, actually, my career plan was always, I always wanted to be Washington correspondent. I, I get a political science PhD from the States, and I always wanted to go back to the States. I always wanted to be Washington correspondent, and actually at three different times in my career, I was very, very close, and then things happened, and yeah, I decided to do something different. For example, when, yeah, Financial Times Germany was founded, I mean, then German press agency offered me, oh, you know, if you stay here, we'll send you to Washington. And then I felt like, oh no, this is like the first founding of a major German newspaper. I want to be part of that. And I abandoned my plan, so I, I changed plans, basically. So don't, don't worry about it. If you don't have a plan, um, keep focused on sort of the next step or two, and, but, but you don't necessarily need a plan. Um, the, the most important question, and actually this is, some, this is a question that you keep on asking yourself probably throughout your career, at least I do, is what are my talents? And uh, with every career step that you're taking, um, you should ask your, yourself that question because sometimes if you climb to a position in a hierarchy that might not exactly be uh, something you really want to do or that you are talented to do or um, you might want to do it anyway just for the experience but you should always keep in mind what are my real talents and um, that's obviously on, on the one hand this is my journalistic talents you know am I a brilliant investigator or am I someone who can really who has really great writing skills, or am I someone who can really talk to people, opening up people? Um, am I someone who's really great with data or with graphics or pictures, whatever? I mean, you, you find out throughout the way what, what your journalistic talents are. But uh, as equally important is what are your, your personal talents? Are you someone who's really into detail? Are you someone who's really great you know, talking to people, managing people, getting people to do what, what you, what you want to do. Are you comfortable in, in groups? Are you more like a loner and, and an introvert or an extrovert? You should know things about yourself to make the right career decisions. I think that's a very important uh, advice. Just find out, you know, who you are, what your talents are to make the correct or the, the decisions that, that really help you and, and make you happy. And then the, the third question that Usually, you ask uh, yourself at, at the beginning of your career, and I mean, you are you know, beyond that, but um, it's still, this is, uh, where do I start? I mean, there's, first of all, it's like, you know, should I go to newspaper or digital something in writing? Should I go to TV, radio? When I started my journalism career, that was the, the decisive question, where do I start? Um, nowadays, it's not like that because there's so much more convergence. So if you're at, at the print product, you can still do whatever. You can get, get into video, you can do podcasting, whatever. I mean, this is not that important. More important about where should I start is the question, um, and that's the same actually in every industry, 
should I head for the big brands, the big names? Should I start with, should I apply at, at my major news organization in my country? Or should I go to a smaller organization? And there's a trade-off here because Obviously, at a smaller organization, very often you get huge responsibility very fast. So you have a lot of opportunities to really explore your talents, you know, do complete sections on your own, be creative, invent certain projects, because you won't have all these hierarchies and you won't have too many people who stop you. You will have lots of opportunities to explore. Then again, it has a, there's a disadvantage to it too, because when you're on the job market, again, Actually, people who scan your resumes, they'll look after the big names. So they'll look like, you know, oh, she worked for Handelsblatt. That's great, you know, we'll hire her. Or she, she had a fellowship at the Reuters Institute, oh, Oxford, University of Oxford, you know. So that's really a trade-off because sometimes you might be better off um, starting or going to a smaller kind of outlet or even do, doing something on your own. But um, actually, the big names are important for the resumes. And in particular, in the future, I mean, I don't know how that applies to journalism, but um, the, the trend is actually that many resumes will be read by algorithms first before they'll be read by people in the near future. So the algorithm will, will be merciless and will sort of scan, you know, oh, is this person, you know, is there a big name in it? And if there's just no name, news organizations, well, you might have, uh, yeah, bad luck. I mean, I don't know about journalism because in journalism, it's always easier to to find out you know, who published what and what your skills are because we're much more transparent. But uh, it is really a, a tricky question because I would always say small brands are very exciting to learn, but big brands are important for the resume. <clears throat> so stage two is when you've been on the road for quite a few years, you tried this or that, and I, I don't know, it, it's, it's very different in uh, different countries. In Germany, basically everybody starts out as a reporter. I think uh, here, or in particular in the States, there's so much more like the newsroom career and the, the reporter career. But usually you start out as a reporter and then, you know, at some point you're facing this question, do I want to be a reporter or do I want to go into newsroom management? And um, Actually, you can switch, which I think is a great thing. And there's examples of people who switch back even very late in their career stages. We had Alexandra Fördel-Schmidt here uh, at our advisory board meeting last Friday, and she used to be editor-in-chief of Der Standard. It's an Austrian daily newspaper, and now she's Tel Aviv correspondent with Süddeutsche Zeitung. So she went back from being editor-in-chief to be a reporter, which is very rare, but you can see it, it works. Um, but at some point, you sort of have to make up your mind and um, well as with everything you basically have to ask yourself um, yeah is this really is being a reporter the only thing i can see myself doing because that's the reason why many people went to journalism to be a reporter to talk to people to do interviews or would i actually have fun to run a newsroom or you know run a project uh, work in a more in a headquarters kind of setting um, yeah start things and i feel this really something you should also explore. I mean, some people are, it used to be that reporters are the, the shining stars of the newsroom, the only stars, and everybody else was just sort of the hardworking people who make things happen. I mean, that's not the case any longer. And I mean, you remember Marty Baron last, last Saturday, he said, well, I would always look for someone with a journalism background. So he would always look for someone with sort of reporting skills and not a digital only person would probably never be editor in chief. But 
never be editor-in-chief doesn't mean that you won't have a career at all in the first place. And also, um, yeah, it is today, it's, it's much more flexible what kind of career you are aspiring to and actually someone who's really, who finds out about themselves that, you know, you're great in planning, coming up with projects, with ideas. Um, there's lots of career opportunities these days. Also, if you feel like, you know, you don't want to be a reporter for the rest of your life. But obviously, at some point, you have to make that decision because if you want to have a career as a distinguished reporter, I mean, you have to do other things. You have to like compete for uh, journalism prices, for example, which is absolutely unnecessary if you want to do like more management or newsroom career, uh, even though it helps because people are impressed by it. By, but, um, but, but I mean, you, you sort of need to focus or maybe you want to have a career as an expert correspondent on the airline business. Actually, that's what I did in, in one of my former careers. I was an airline correspondent. I found it extremely fun and I was competing with another airline correspondent. And actually, he's still airline correspondent. He hasn't done anything else for the last 25 years. And I've, I would find this extremely boring, but maybe, I mean, he's very well respected. So, I mean, this is also an option if you want to be a very, in a, a very knowledgeable and renowned person in a very narrow field. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that is an option, but then, you know, um, if you get bored easily with things and if you are a journalist to sort of find out about life and the world as it is from many perspectives, um, yeah, I would advise you not to pursue an, an expert career. Um, yeah, also the question is if, you are in, if you're really interested in newsroom management, please in the begin uh, try as early as possible to get some basic management training skills. I mean, I don't know about, about your companies. Many companies are reluctant to, to finance that, but it is really very good to, to do basic trainings in terms of you know, how to communicate, how to get feedback, all these basic skills, how to project management. And I mean, there are trainings around and try to convince your superior that, that you really need to do something. Sometimes there are like young leadership programs in organizations where you can jump in and, and get management skills because actually um, I found this throughout my career very often that you have very senior people who have no idea about management whatsoever because they've been reporters and then they've been promoted because they're great reporters, whatever, and then they're in this senior, senior position. And I had this one boss who then Everybody said, is <laughs> everybody's nodding. I had this one boss who, who then suddenly said like, well, now I'm head of the business section of the newspaper. And it would be really embarrassing if I asked for management training now because I just got promoted because they assume I know it, you know. So it's really the older you get, <laughs> um, I mean, the, the more embarrassing apparently for some people it, it gets. Uh, or if you are, don't be embarrassed about that. Try to really get into that because it really helps and it brings you together also with people in the same situation, you expand your network, you can exchange experiences. Sometimes these networks really last and are important. Oh God, I said I have 20 questions now and question one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be faster. Um, this is more a small, smaller question, but it's a, yeah, a teamwork. Sh should I engage in teamwork or should I go it alone? Uh, that's an important question that, that you'll come across in, uh, yeah, very often. And actually, obviously, everybody says, like, obviously teamwork, sure. I mean, the Panama Papers have been a prime example of mega, mega teamwork uh, kind of thing. But um, I would just warn you to just do teamwork. In particular, I would warn women, because there's evidence out there um, that actually 
men sort of, if, if the men engage in teamwork, they benefit from it. If women engage in teamwork, um, yeah, they don't benefit from it because the experience for some reason is that if, if it's four women and one man, then the man is being approached and quoted, whatever. I mean, it's, there's really evidence on this. So make sure you don't do only teamwork, but also that you have you know, certain standalone things you can, you can show for, because it's in particular women. I mean, it's, it's, uh, this is the world as it is. Uh, it's not the world as we would like it to be. But um, yeah, there's evidence out there that it's really important to have things in, in your own name. <clears throat> but do engage in teamwork anyway. I was just going to say that. Um, yeah, the next question, actually that, that, that was a question Caroline told me, like, you know, oh, because I ran this past Mira and past Caroline, my questions, and they added a few. And uh, Caroline said, well, you should really tell them, you know, uh, should I be able to do video, podcast, whatever, what, what, what are the main competences that, that I do need now these days to get ahead? And um, I think it's a hard one to answer because I can give you just one advice, and this is, don't try to do everything. Try to do the things that you, have, you feel you are good at. I mean, try to find out about these things and try to you know, know about these things. But if you just sort of run, run, have, approach these things by running after every new trend. I mean, last year the trend was video. This year the trend is podcast. You never know what next year's trend will be. Just do what you feel you're really good at. Keep an open mind. Keep informed, stay informed, but just really do what you're good at and don't get lost in all the trends. And uh, yeah, you can, you, can you can try out several things if you think it's fun or if you think you know, it's, it's just something that yeah, you might really enjoy doing or if it's valuable. But, but don't try to do everything because it's always more important for people who want to hire you that you are able to do certain things very well because they might as well hire someone else for the other things they're <laughs> looking for. So don't do everything. Um, yeah, next question that, that comes up usually sometime mid-career. Mid um, yeah, you'll be approached like, you know, could you give that presentation? Could you give that talk? Would you be on that panel? Um, yes, you should. I would just say, say yes. Um, I know that from my own experience because I was always like, oh, you know, my job is to run a newsroom. I, I was uh, running the business section back, th back then at the head of the news desk. And then I was approached like, oh, could you moderate this panel? Could you give this whatever? And I said, no, my job is to run a newsroom. I have to talk to my colleagues. I have to, you know, make the best newspaper there is. Uh, I don't have time for that. And then at some point, uh, there was the decision, you know, who's going to be to promote it as the next um, head of the business section. And then yeah, this one person told me, you know, well, actually, yeah, I mean, you're doing this great job here, but actually nobody knows you on the outside, in the outside world. And there was something that really, that's, yeah, that, that stuck in my mind and I completely changed my strategy. And then also uh, I was approached for certain things and, and I used to say no. And then my husband told me, why do you always say no? Just say yes, because you will only learn. And that was another thing that, that really um, stuck to me. And uh, actually then I started to say yes. And I started to say yes very often. At some point I just couldn't really manage or juggle all the commitments I had. But it's really the more you do of these outside speaking engagements, the bigger your network gets, uh, the more you learn, you learn, find out things about yourself. 
Um, so I could strongly recommend you to do this. And also there's, there's really evidence out there that in particular, if you feel you're an introverted person, it's much, more, it's, it's much easier for introverts to just give a speech, go on a panel, give a talk, than uh, to just you know, engage in small talk. Because then you're on stage, the people who listen to you, they'll approach you afterwards. You don't have to sort of be in that awkward situation where you're sort of like, oh, and the hell, what, what are you doing, please? So, but people know what you're doing. They ask you, oh, this was interesting. Can I give you a, have your business card? Whatever. So in particular, if you're an introverted person, I can strongly advise you go out, do, do, grab all these opportunities. And the more opportunities you grab, uh, yeah, hopefully the better you'll get and the more uh, offers you'll get. And at some point, you'll, you'll get to choose really what, what to do. And, and just also, you can start with small things where you feel like, oh, this is not that important. It's really, should I waste my time on that? No, it's good because it's good practice. It's good training. Um, on the other hand, with all the things I tell you, I just, if it, gives you consistently anxiety attacks, then just don't do it. I mean, if you do it like three times and you feel you're, you absolutely hate it and you, you don't know what to say, just don't do it. But on the, um, in all other cases, um, just do that. And the next question is sort of linked to that. Uh, do I have a, to be a brand? I mean, everybody these days tells you like, oh, you have to be your own brand. You have to be on Twitter. I mean, this question, I think you asked that this morning. How many followers do you have? And you said, oh, 9,000. Well, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry if you don't have 9,000. Um, I think if you have fun with it and if you want to do it and if you feel you have something to say and if you really want to invest some time in this, um, you can, and probably your employer will be interested in you being a brand, brand uh, unless you sort of overextend their patience and be your own brand much more than your news organization's brand. I mean, that can happen too, and I, I guess there will be lots more organizations that come up with like rules, how to behave on Twitter and Facebook and whatever. But um, yeah, uh, if, if, you, if you have fun doing this and you know how to do it, just do it. Uh, but with everything, um, as I said, if you feel uncomfortable with it, if you feel you don't want to have, you don't have the time and you feel just it distracts you so much from your whatever investigative reporting, just leave it. Don't, don't do it because there's lots of career opportunities where you don't have to be a brand. Actually, many CEOs are no brand at all. Both, both of Süddeutsche Zeitung's editors-in-chief, uh, they, they're not on social media because they feel it's, it's just none of their business. Um, many, many great leaders are no brand, but they're just great leaders who like, listen to their, their employees, listen to their customers, do great <laughs> strategies. So if you feel you don't want to be your brand, just ignore that brand kind of talk that's out there all the time. Yeah. Uh, next one. I put the 35 uh, just there. Um, because that's sort of sometimes for some people, it's, it's probably different in different countries also, depends on your um, educational background. If I'm not a team leader with 35 at least and I still feel I want a management career, what's wrong? You know, that's maybe it's 40, maybe it's like 32. Some, sometimes you ask yourself, what's wrong? I had colleagues who sort of felt like, you know, oh, I should be promoted. Why don't they ever promote me? You know, and um, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, sometimes it's just 
uh, because nobody really knows that you have these, these aspirations, that you want to be a team leader, so nobody ever considers you. So you have to sort of raise your hand and s at some point in your career and say, look, I want more responsibility. Let me run this project. I'd be someone who could do this. Um, so sometimes people don't know. Sometimes you're just typecasted as, oh, you know, she's the wonderful reporter and she's so brilliant with people and she does great interviews. So nobody wants to wants you to wants wants to move you away from your original task or the task that you are doing so brilliantly. So they don't promote you or they don't ask you. Um, yeah, and sometimes people feel, oh, this is a wonderful reporter, but actually uh, he has absolutely no people skills. So we won't promote them. So it's a hard question, actually. So try to get honest feedback by people who know you, like, you know, would you see myself as a leader or do you think I should be a reporter or what, what do you think? I mean, just try to find out what people think about you. That's not very, that's not so easy very often. At least in Germany, it's not, I don't know, maybe there are cultures where there's much more direct feedback. The German culture is a very consensus-oriented culture and people really don't like to be honest about uh, or give you really clear feedback like, you know, you're a great reporter but you better stay that because you will never run a team. Um, sometimes, also, but, but sometimes it's just you are sort of regarded as that in, a, in your particular organization. Because there's also people in, who in one organization are typecasted as, oh, you know, this is the reporter or this is the whatever, the data guy or whatever you can be. Um, and once they move on and they move to a different organization where they, they are fresh and nobody knows them that well, uh, they can be promoted in a team leading role. Um, no problem because they are not known as this particular person. So if you stay with an organization, an organization very long and you don't, you want to climb in the hierarchy and you don't feel you're making any progress, then sometimes it just helps to leave that organization too. <clears throat> Yeah, then that's the next question. Should I leave or should I stay? Um, if there's an alternative. That's a question that, that yeah, yeah, probably every one of you has asked themselves at, at some point in, in their careers. And it's not, it's not an easy one to answer because, um, yeah, it, it really depends on your own preferences. If you feel like you want to have a wealth of experiences, um, leave because then you should change jobs once in a while, not only in your organization, but also move to another organization because it's always different cultures and you're so much more able to compare different cultures. You're able to learn things. If you stay in an organization all your life, you learn that particular culture of that organization. You know that very well. You know to move, how to move in this organization, but you definitely don't get the, the, the whole range of, of experiences. Um, if you really want to have like want to be editor-in-chief. Sometimes it could be better to stay in that organization, really. In particular, that's also something that's proven uh, for women because actually um, women get uh, the, the chances to be promoted to whatever CEO as a, as a woman are much higher if they stay in that organization where everybody knows them, knows their talents and, and trusts them because, um, yeah, it's... it's it's not as often that women are hired from the outside to run an organization. I mean, look, for example, at, at Mary Barra, I mean, this is not journalism, this is uh, uh, automotive industry, uh, the first female CEO of a major car company, General Motors. I mean, she 
grew up in the ranks of the organization. No one, not a single person had her on their plates uh, when she was promoted to being CEO. Only the people in the organization knew that she was great. Nobody else would have hired her from someone, so, some other company. Um, for men, that's not that big a problem because men are hired across companies all the time. Um, but as I said, I mean, it's, it's up to you. I mean, if you want to have more experience, uh, want to see more of the world, just uh, leave once in a while. Um, yeah, but if you feel happy in your organization, if you feel valued, if you feel you have the freedom to develop, um, then there's really no reason to, to leave. <clears throat> um, I'd like to climb inside of my organization. Um, should I tell my boss? Mm, that's a tricky one. Yes, you should, sure. But don't expect huge excitement. Because if you're really good at what you're doing, your boss won't want to let you go. I mean, that's a major problem. Because if you're running something very successfully, then your boss feels like, oh, great, you know, she's, she's doing a brilliant job, so I can go and do whatever I like. I know, you know, I'm covered. All the work gets done. I don't have to worry about things, so I can do what I'm really good at or what I have fun doing. Um, so, yeah, he, he or she wouldn't want to let you go. So my advice for this one would be always build relationships inside of your organization and find someone who is the superior of your current boss, if that's possible, um, to you know, make yourself known and you know, develop some trust because actually that's where your support could come from, not from your immediate, immediate boss. Uh, they, they won't have an interest in moving you, moving you on. Um, yeah, there's a second page on this, more stage two questions. Um, yeah, I'll be a mother or a father. Um, yeah, what, what should I do now? Um, that's one of the questions that <laughs> for many people happens in, in most career, in mid-career. And uh, I have a very important piece of advice here because I would strongly advise you never, never ever postpone something, having kids, um, or something, something else that's really of value to you just because you are loyal to your company or to your boss. Because actually, later in life, no one will you know, say, oh, great, you know that you don't have kids, great that you, back then, that you did this brilliant job, and um, oh yeah, that's really why we are sort of promoting you now to being Washington correspondent. No, that will not happen. At some point in your career, you'll be, you know, you'll be expensive probably, and you'll be in the way, and then all the younger people will, uh, the, the younger colleagues will move ahead, and then they're like, oh, you know, what should we do with her now or with him now? If you have made life choices dependent on some loyalty to your organization, um, you'll be in bad shape later on, you'll regret it. And I mean, I guess Germany is a fairly difficult country to combine work life and family life. I don't know, Mira, could maybe. <laughs> no, not the hardest, okay. But, but, but anyway, I mean, maybe your career will slow down a little. Well, so what? I mean, your life, uh, your lifespan, your, your, your professional lifespan is very long. I mean, these few years that you might be distracted or that you might not have the full energy uh, to focus on your work. I mean, that, that's just a very short, in, in terms of looking at the whole range of, of, of pro your professional life, that's a very short time. And also you learn that, you know, by having a family life, you might get 
better organized, you might get very structured, you might profit or acquire skills that you don't have before, you're probably uh, yeah, being more responsible, whatever. So just, yeah, just do it, whatever. I mean, you just have to do it. And um, yeah, also, um, obviously you also, it, it's, it helps. I mean, you don't have to, but it helps to have the right partner. I mean, that's what probably uh, everybody can, can uh, agree to that, that that's really something. <clears throat> yeah, I want to combine work life and family life. That's the later stage when you have children already and you say, okay, I want to spend more time with my kids um, and, and my partner and whatever. Um, there's just one piece of advice I have for that one, or at, at least my experience is uh, I feel hanging out at the bar at night is overestimated, really. I mean, some people feel like, oh, this is, you know, where you get the exclusive information and that's where you have to develop all the relationships with all the important people. Actually, just go home. Go home, be with your family, because really, I mean, actually, I, I don't really know that many things where great stories emerge from, you know, hanging out at the bar, or maybe they did, but uh, actually the Panama Papers weren't conceived at the bar. It was really nice when Bastian Obermeier was here uh, for the last Oxford Perspectives, and he talked about being approached because of the Panama Papers by, by his source. He said, oh, my family was sick, and I was changing the sheets at home, and then I was approached by this guy who said, like, oh, we have tons of data here so actually Bastian is a nice guy he did the right thing he stayed home with his family changed the sheets and um, maybe at the bar he wouldn't have been you know he wouldn't have noticed what's coming because whatever people do at the bar yeah um, I think my colleagues make more money that's uh, a tricky one that face everybody faces uh, sooner or later um, yeah, you should negotiate. You should go to your boss. You say, hey, I think my colleagues make more money. What can we do about this? Um, don't expect huge, huge rises because usually uh, there is a structure and they hired you for, for a certain amount of money and they'll give you a little raise or maybe they, they'll sort of send you to a fancy seminar or put you, send you to a nice business trip and then they'll forget about it and you know, you'll, you'll get something but you won't get um, huge things. Um, yeah, sometimes it's, uh, it's uh, better actually to change positions. So if you really feel like you need to make more money, um, you can change within the company, for example, from a reporter into a more management leadership role. Um, then usually there are some, some hikes uh, connected with that. Or, I mean, that's what many people do, and I hate to give that advice really because I think it's not good advice, but obviously you can go somewhere else and you know, flash another offer from a different company that wants to hire you. Um, I hate to give that advice because I really, I really don't like it that loyalty is not rewarded, but I mean, to be honest, very often these people who come with an offer from somewhere else and, and say, you know, oh, they, they, in Germany it's like Der Spiegel that pays really great salaries and it's like, you know, oh, I have an offer from Der Spiegel, then, you know, Süddeutsche Zeitung might feel inclined to offer more money or better working conditions or a nice job. But if you do that, just be prepared to take the other offer too, because it could happen to you that they say, oh great, 
Congratulations! Great! Wow! Der Spiegel! Wonderful! Just do it, you know? Because you, you never know. I mean, you have to be very certain uh, of, your, of yourself that they want to really keep you if you want to stay. I mean, if, if it doesn't matter to you, you know, then just leave. Well, why don't you? Because, I mean, they can hire you back and then you have a higher salary to begin with and they have to hire you back. There's for the media companies with pots of money or fighting. Yeah, well, it's not that many of them, no. but I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, as I said, I really don't like that kind of strategy and as a, as a leader, I always try to be very careful about negotiating salaries because um, even though, if it, even though if you're in a system that's not very transparent, at some point people will find out and they'll be very unhappy if you know, someone with the same qualifications or the same sort of range of tasks makes so much more money. So if you're a leader, really try to balance that, that, that people don't you know, uh, get, get, get at you at that. Um, yeah, and also, uh, that's another thing, that's the third thing for, in, uh, in particular for women. Uh, negotiating about salaries is harder for women. Um, that's, there's also evidence on that and that's, yeah, I hate to say that, but it's true because women are very often perceived as being too bossy and too demanding if they ask for more money, whereas with men it's like, oh yeah, sure, I mean, sure, she's, he's coming and now he had a second child, oh my God, he has to feed his family, obviously he needs more money, you know. When women, it's like, with women, it's, it's like, oh God, all she's always talking about is money. I, I, heard, it, I heard that myself, you know, and... Uh, I'm not making, or I didn't make that much money. Um, yeah, I have to, I want to leave journalism. Can I come back? Um, I mean, that's particular, that's, that's a money thing very often because yeah, you have a family, you live in an expensive city, uh, you need to make more money. There might be other professions. Well, you can be hired by Google or Facebook. I mean, now they're hiring journalists. Uh, they probably pay more. Um, yeah, so, so there might be reasons why you decide I have to leave journalism. Um, can I come back? That's a, that's a tricky one too, because very often you can't, and not only because um, they might not want you, but obviously if you get used to your Google, Facebook, whatever salary, it might be very hard to sort of go back and, you know, go, unless you make so much money that it doesn't matter any longer. But it, it might be hard because it raises your standards of living and, and then it might be hard to go back into journalism. And also, if you, particularly if you go in, into public relations, very often um, in media companies, uh, yeah, PR people are not regarded as, you know, they're not journalists any longer. And I mean, you, you might think like that yourself. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to sort of cross that threshold back. I mean, even though at Süddeutsche, for example, we have a different experience. Now we had the, uh, Süddeutsche just hired the, the speechwriter of, of the German uh, president, um, and she's now the, the head of the, the uh, politics section. So actually, sometimes it works, but it very often doesn't work. And so if you feel you want to leave journalism, then be prepared to just leave it for good, um, which you know, doesn't prevent you from going back if you, if you want to. Yes. This is yes, yes. This is the last one actually, okay. and then the, I'll, I'll leave out the the more advanced part, okay. and then um, yeah, because the last one is yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Mira came to me and said, "This is a really important one. You should include that." And I feel 
It is a really important one. My boss wants me to do something that compromises my standards. And that will happen to you no matter where you work, no matter in, in which context. At some point, I guess, this will happen to you. And maybe we can discuss this later because my answer would be very simple. Um, just don't do it because it's your career. It's your career. It's not your organization's career. It's not about your boss. It's not about your colleagues. I mean, you might have heard about this guy, the Volkswagen scandals, probably you're familiar with that, with the, the diesel and everything. Uh, you might have heard about this guy who just, uh, yeah, who, who sort of um, tainted evidence or whatever exactly he did, I don't, I don't know, uh, who's a Volkswagen manager. And he felt so confident that he even went to the States, to Florida with his family for vacation because he felt like, you know, I'm from Volkswagen, this big company, and I did everything that my superiors wanted me to do. Uh, so he went to Florida and he got arrested at the airport, really. So, and then he got tried and now he'll be in prison, I think, for seven years. And, and, he, and yeah, exactly, that's, that's the thing. And then he said, well, you know, you, the, the judge said, you lied. And he said, well, yeah, but I was told to lie. They told me to lie. And uh, they said, well, it's you. It's not your company. And the thing is, really, the, the very next day that, that uh, he, got, he got sent to prison, um, Volkswagen fired him because they said, oh, you know, now he's, he's in prison. So this, his contract is not valid any longer. So I mean, that's the, the, the things. These things can happen to you. So just don't. Um, actually, I'll do. Let, let me just um, just skip this and do the lessons and then I'll sit down and we can talk for like another 45 minutes. Um, some of them I already mentioned. So I said don't say no and now I say first don't say no and then learn how to say no. Very important question, uh, lesson. First you, sh you just, you know, you have to engage, you have to try, you have to learn, you have to do everything. Later on in life, it's important to say no, also because you know you want to choose. You don't want to be choosed all, uh, chosen all the time. Yeah, don't chase a career. Build it. Don't chase a career. Also, you know you don't have to feel like oh I have to do audio, I have to do video, I have to do data, I have to do everything. Just don't chase things. Just you know, just step by step, just try to build your career. Think about it. What are my talents? What makes sense? Just move ahead and don't, you know, don't chase because you'll be out of breath pretty soon and this is a long-term thing as I'm talking about like 25 years and I'm not at the end yet. Um, yeah, pursue a plan if that helps you but be open for opportunities. Power has many faces, I said that already, if you want to have power or influence or whatever you might want to call it, uh, just think about what, how that power should look like and either you want to you know, rise in the hierarchy or you just feel I have lots of power just by the work I'm doing. If you're really good at something, they won't want to let you go. Find solutions for that. My solution would be establish a relationship with someone superior, but you might find another solution for that. If your goal is hierarchy, stick to the company you're successful in. If it's experience, change. Um, doing good work is not enough. Oh, enough is, there's a spelling mistake here, I'll change that. Doing good work is not enough. You have to, you know, voice your goals. You have to do, uh, you have to network, you have to talk to people. It's, it's not only about the quality of your work. Yeah, and as I said, don't sacrifice matters of your heart for a company. Don't ever, because it's your life. It's not your company's life. And at some point they want to get rid of you anyway. 
Um, yeah, and don't be just busy, have fun. I mean, that's just, yeah, sometimes it's easy to say, just have fun when you're sort of in the middle of a very dread, uh, dreadful project, but try to have fun once in a while. And that's my last one, don't follow every advice, not even mine, do what you love, what you believe is more is important and what feeds your family and then see where that takes you. Thank you. <clears throat>